Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today we're joined with our good buddy, Mitchell Bedwell from Georgia. For those of you that don't know Mitchell, Mitchell's been cooking with me, oh, what, since 2014? 15. 15. On and off. On and off. Um, You know, Mitchell is kind of one of these, uh, I'm going to say, unicorn guys or unicorn friends. He, uh, The day that we met in uh, – well, let's just go back. Why don't you tell the story of how we met, Mitchell? Uh, so the way we met was in 2014. We were uh, – Galax, Virginia, actually. But we actually talked on the phone. I cooked with Tommy Houston. Very first time I cooked with Tommy Houston in 2014, he was using, he said, hey, we got this pork injection, this VL pork injection. I'm not going to say the VL. And uh, he said, you've ever heard of this guy? I said, I don't know who this guy is. I don't keep up with MBN. So that's the injection we use. We mix it up, use it for pork. And uh, he let me grow with pork. I used the injection, mixed it up the way I wanted to. We had a fourth-place pork, and we wound up GC in the first time I ever cooked with Tommy. And the second time we cooked, three weeks later, Winston-Salem, same deal. We cooked. The injection tasted great, but it almost like it was missing something. Tommy cooks hot and fast on a jambo, so... Everyone that mostly cooked with your injection prior to that were all low and slow guys. And I think we got on the phone call that day. And uh, I think you at that time, you said you were going to increase the pork stock, and you did. And ever since then, it's been no no brainer to use that pork injection. So, And then when I, and I also mentioned that you should, you asked me if I had any other good ideas. I said, well, you need some flavored rubs. There's only one other person doing flavored rubs. And you said, well, you'll have some samples in Galax if you come cook Galax. And so that was the first time I met you. Yeah, I already had them going, unbeknownst to you. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know anything about them. And I had yep, uh, actually yep. five. I had a maple rub, too, that I've got in my recipe basket that I never manufactured. You remember that? Uh, yeah, well, they I give you a sip of the that. maple. Yeah, yeah. That was in 2014. A lot of people don't realize that that uh, been doing these rubs actually since 2012. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know. I guess my own, maybe 2011 actually. Um, and it's definitely a different ball game, you know. But just your background as being a master judge and uh, and cooking with teams and all that, and you being from Georgia, and, and I and I tell people I met Mitchell in Virginia, but. You know, learning how to cook here around the Memphis area and, and going on, it's a lot of competitive cooks around here. But if you want to get humbled when you think you're really good, I tell people go to Georgia to cook. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's a lot of good teams in Georgia. The judging pool is a lot different than anywhere else you've seen. A little seen. tighter. A little tighter it, for sure. It's definitely a little tighter. Uh, Conchester run, in my opinion, sometimes uh, better. Uh, you know, at some point, some of the organizers are really up to par over there. Not saying nothing bad about another ones I've been to here. Uh, but Georgia's definitely a different stomping ground when it comes to competition barbecue. Uh, and, you know, I've had a lot of good luck in Georgia. Yeah. Won some big contests, uh, you know, back-to-back beat some big teams and had some heartbreaks over there that, you know, go with two 180s out of the gate and uh, and still wind up with a ninth place, I think, That's one day. part of that deal, too. I remember that one. Yeah, and uh, – I don't know. It's uh, it's competition barbecue. What can you say? It's got us ups and downs, just like the rising tide. Yeah, yeah. First time I actually cooked on a smoker at all. 
I guess I graduated in 90. My dad went out and bought a Oklahoma Joe vertical offset uh, smoker, you know, cheap thin steel, put it in the yard, and he and I got to playing around with it, throwing the shit out of the sticks and getting getting it all smoky. Thought that was the best barbecue we ever had, man. We smoked crap out of it. And you know, it probably was. I can for remember. us it was. I mean, because we cooked it. You know, whether it was ultra smoky or not, man, we loved it. And ever since then, he and I would always, you know, fire that thing up. We would do butts. We've done. Uh, we'd even do a, a recipe that came with the Oklahoma Joe book. It was pretty cool. It was like a, a sausage recipe. You like chopped up bell peppers and onions, and you kind of slow smoke these sausage patties, and they were freaking phenomenal. Hmm. And I still got that book, you know, where dads took notes, and it's pretty special to me. I keep that recipe book a lot. But probably 91 was the first time I started actually cooking. Then I think 92, dad added a big green egg, and uh, he was pretty good cooking on that. But then, of course, I took over and started cooking turkey breast for the neighbors and those butterball ones in the net, you know. Kind of more or less. Hey, those are good turkey breasts. I mean, pop them in injection, put some seasoning on them. We used to put, I'd put them on that vertical rack, the one that you used to roast lambs or whatever on a lamb. And well, it, it kind of kept up. everything holding it in yeah, place. Yeah, and, and it would and drip underneath in that pan. But that's kind of really where I, when I started cooking barbecue. And so it's, hell, that's way time, long time ago. But that's definitely a, uh, a long time ago. I hadn't even graduated high school. I didn't graduate yeah. to 97 myself. But we, my dad was kind of involved with, uh, he was a corner for 17 years, you know, yeah. county I'm from. The last one let you down. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, you know, he had kind of a running joke. People were dying to see him, you know. And uh, he would always say that, uh, yeah. which is kind of crazy. But he was on the on the volunteer fire department, you know, and they'd done fundraisers, and they'd done Boston Bucks, and they'd done yeah. – the big thing for them was chicken halves. When they, you know, baked beans, coleslaw. Chicken and, and, and white bread, yeah, and – they had these big open-top grills, almost like Santa Marie's, but they were flippers, you know, like the Meta Creeks are now. Yeah, yeah. But rolls. these were homemade, you know, and you just throw the, the top rack on and you flip and you use the bottom rack mm. to go to the next one and move down. It just had an extra rack, basically. Yeah, yeah, And uh, But these chicken halves, my dad helped come up with this recipe, and they would use vegetable oil, hot sauce, lemon juice, uh, crushed red pepper, and... A little bit of barbecue rub, maybe. Yeah. It was a really, really thin mop. But that's what you base it on the chicken, you know, when you turn it over every time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to say it was like a – it was more like a, a grilled smoke combo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kiss mop. It was just really old school and good. And I, I still have that recipe. I need to dig it back good out chicken and cook plate. some chicken yeah, yeah. halves like that over an open flame coming yeah. up. But With that you know, San Maria grill, you can. Just so, and we have one at the duck camp. Actually, I do, but it, it stays at the duck camp most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I need to get another one, honestly. So yeah, yeah. So me dabbling in the barbecue was in the ninety one, ninety two, ninety all the way up and probably in the two thousands, just with dad in the backyard. But in the whole time, my biggest hobby was dirt track racing. I mean, I started out. Um, good friends of mine, they were. Uh, he was. He started out in the, the hobby division. You know, Camaros, Camaro stock body, steel body cars, um, Ford nine-inch rear ends, real cool built motors. I used to help him out all the time. We'd, which was good about that division. You didn't tear stuff up as bad. You still would wad some stuff up. But he eventually got him a sportsman car, which is the next step up. We raced sportsman division. We won track championship at North Georgia Speedway. 
he even went further and went limited late model a couple of years later and did pretty good into that. But but I got tired of eating red dirt, going home eating red dirt, blowing red dirt out of my nose, showering about three in the morning after a race. That stuff kind of got old. So I never had uh, been to any dirt track races until recently. This this past year, I yeah. was up uh, in Charlotte, yeah. and the uh, Dirt Track Nationals was there. You know. And uh, my good buddy Kevin O'Sullivan was up there watching a race and just happened to see me fly in and text me. I didn't even know he was up there. Yeah. And uh, and a few other guys he was with. And uh, I went and uh, hung out with him that night in the pits and met a lot of the drivers. And that was Sprint, though, right? Sprint. Yeah, it was yeah, Sprint yeah. cars. But even still dirt track, I'd never been to a dirt track, yeah, yeah. you know, racetrack before. And yeah. you talking about eating the red dirt and all that, man. We were standing right on the edge oh, of the fence. Yeah. And Nothing like drivers it. And we used to back, back the truck up the fence and you'd be out there – Drinking some cold ones, snack and all that stuff. And that's the thing, you know, you leave and you're all covered with red dirt. Well, I'm going to tell you, I went back to the hotel and took a shower that night. I'll never forget it. And uh, I don't know how dirt got in certain crevices oh, yeah, that you it don't, got you in. You don't know. It's like it rains it. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. But I, we did have a good time there, I will say that. If you got an open hole, it'll get in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> that's the way it was when we used to race. But uh, And also, toward the end, Jody Ridley was winding down his career in asphalt. You know, Jody ran in NASCAR, a couple of races in NASCAR, um, but he was real big in the Hooters Pro Cup Series. Uh, there was an ASA series around that would run in, in down in Griffin, Georgia. So we wind up, I wind up doing pit crew for him. I'd I'd clean his windshield. He'd slide in. I'd clean his driver's side windshield and jump back out. But my buddies would do the tires, tire change, and all that. But that was a hoot. He ran Nashville Speedway. I pit crewed at Nashville Speedway and also down in Griffin, Georgia. Or Jefferson, Georgia. Not Griffin. Jefferson, Georgia. Wow, that's interesting. Some good times. And then you kind of got away from that and just stuck with yeah, the whole barbecue Yeah, but thing. I always still love, and, you know, I love motorsports. I still watch dirt track racing this day when I get it on. You know, I subscribe to that where I can watch the dirt track, limited late model boys. I still go to some races as well, watch the big boys run late model. Well, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, – what all cookers you have now at home? I know you only have a couple grills, right? You you, you, you know, buy one, I've cook had, on a while. I've had grills. It. People, you know, I'll get a custom gateway, and someone will see it, and they kind of twist my arm and they buy it from me. Honestly, the only grill I've got, uh, well, I got two grills: a George Foreman grill in the house, and you'd be surprised it cooks pretty good stuff when you want to. It's quick, plug it in, let it heat up. But the other one I've got is a Rectech uh, three eighty bullseye. Uh, the guys at Rectech cooked me up with that one, and. It's pretty pretty good universal grill. You cook steaks on it, butts, whatever you want to, briskets on it. But I've cooked on all kinds of pellet grills, offsets. My goal is to get me the old outlaw patio, customized outlaw patio, and that'll be good for me. Yeah, I won't, well, I won't need anything else for that. Maybe it's one being done up. Yeah, they maybe might be. They might be. There's some work. There's some planning going on. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I started truly in barbecue. My wife got me interested in the barbecue. We were watching barbecue pitmasters on Food Network. And she said, hey, uh, you ever thought about being a barbecue judge? I said, no, not really. So next thing you know, she signs me up to be a barbecue judge. I went up somewhere up in, New, I think, Newport, Tennessee, got my judges deal. And and I judged, you had to be th- judged 30 events to be a master judge. I judged 30 events, I think, in two and a half years. So I was burning up the roads. So within that 30, 30 judging 30 in two and a half years, I think I cooked like 14 or 15 times with the team, Q and Stu and Bruin. I met him oh. at Daytona. Scott's a really good guy. Yeah, I heck mean, of a cook. He, 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 you know, he, he was, he was really under Myron's umbrella. He was Myron's right-hand guy for a while, for a long time. 
and he builds his own uh, water cookers. He cooked hot and fast. One of the first guys to actually have a trailer. He didn't have a shower or nothing in a trailer. One of the first guys to say, hey, here's a smoker on a trailer. I sleep in at a hotel. I get up, and I got all my stuff in one little trailer, a freedom trailer. But but I learned a lot from him. He was a, he's a good cook, but, it, but I got burned out. So within a three-year span, he got burned out. Yeah, I mean, I was running, uh, you know, average 38 to 42 contests a year there for a while yeah. and you were running with me some when i would come to georgia yeah. you'd meet me every time and fly into some of the places yeah. i was going and i'm going to tell you that was a i don't see how people like darren and no, and others either. consistently brad, brad even with businesses i mean uh, even if they yeah. say yeah we got money i got businesses you still got to take the time away from from your every everyday life to do well, that it's stuff. just so hard and I, I will tell you though when you get in that rhythm of cooking that many contests you know we got in a swing and we were winning 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 and yeah went to sam's yeah. And, and it seemed like i could not i mean if i was gonna go i was gonna get a call i mean we yeah. were gonna be in the top 10 and we done really well and it was all fun and games but man i'm gonna tell you missing that much you know just you don't really think about it as much now as I do now. You're missing the simple vacation once a year. Certain birthdays. Or certain birthdays, birthdays. Anniversaries. Weddings, you yeah. know, with friends and stuff like that. I missed out on a lot to, I'm going to say, get where I am today. Yeah, yeah. I made a lot of sacrifices. But it's it was a learning experience. And would I go back and do it all over again? Man, probably so because, man, those were some good times, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing that many contests a year – I don't think my body could physically handle it anymore. What I put myself through in my twenties no. and early thirties, and no, because you were that. pulling both sides of the fence. You were doing NBN, and I was mainly doing KCBS with you. So that was a grind. Well, and doing grind the doubles, for, it was a grind for you. And I, that was when I started backing down. Even when I started cooking with you, I, I might have cooked five, six comps a year, and that's it. After I cook a comp with you, it's usually hey, or any comp for that matter. I was like, hey, I don't want to do it for another month or two or three. I want to break. That's right. Because, you know, you used to traveling all the time, even when it was with Scott, man. We'd travel Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, uh, and that was just a grind, man. It was a grind. I know. I enjoy cooking at home now where you don't have to cook but one butt or a few slabs yeah. of ribs or whatever. And some of these contests, just the cost of it. And now I can see who won the contest on Saturday afternoon. I can watch the ball game at the house. Yeah. Or I can be at my farm doing work and still catch the ball game in between stuff and have something on the grill and yeah. and working. And, and there's so much going on now with everything at work here that we do and, you know, trying to get everybody rubs and sauces and keep everybody yep. happy out here in the old e-commerce world. It's kind of hard every day, but it's uh it's definitely well, it's enjoyable. A grind. It's a different grind. It right? is definitely it's one grind to another. But it's a hustle. Either way, you got to hustle. You know, you got to hustle to do what you want to do in life and – Sometimes you you make sacrifices, and some of those sacrifices you build in your brand was was all that hard work you put in over these years in NBN, but it paid a difference, and it shows that comp barbecue can turn into something other than just hey I'm out here spending money chasing it, kind of like dirt track racing. Like I say, it's you know you either make money or you're gonna be spending a lot more money than you make. Well, you know one thing that I never could understand, uh, and I think I learned this very valuable early on in my career is that if you're going to drink and party, do it somewhere else besides somewhere you're having to go spend twelve to $1,500 yeah. to get there every weekend with your buddies. You can do that on the patio and blow that money and still have money left over. I, I, I'm the type that if I'm there, I want to win. I don't like uh, yeah. I don't like playing for second. That ain't me. And no. so it's just not in my drive. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't play sports anymore, so that's my competitive side. And so when I'm there – 
I'm there to win. It's all business for me. And then I can have a cocktail after or drink or I'm fine with a bottle of water. It, you know, it just, that's me. Yeah, and I nowadays. think that's why we've always kind of had the same drive. It, you know, I don't roll out. I'm not going to drive the six and a half hours to cook somewhere with you just to suck it up and get topped in. Uh, yeah, that I, I, I roll up to try to help you win. That's the whole game plan. That's the same It's washing the dishes or doing whatever. You just got to do it. That's the way I've always been, always felt about all of it. It's it it's definitely been crazy. What would you say is the best event or barbecue contest you've ever attended, whether it been with me or Scott or Tommy or whoever you've been fortunate enough to cook with? What would you say the the biggest uh, or not biggest maybe? What what's the best event you consider on the circuit? I think Murphy's Bro, Illinois is by far for me. <laughs> I mean I've me. I've cooked some big ones. I've cooked Papa Joe's Banjo BQ when it was big money payout, biggest contest in Georgia. It was great, organized well, but there's just a certain feeling when you're going through driving through downtown Murfreesboro. You turn right or get set up down there where Mike Mills is, you know, the barbecue legend he is, an icon for all of us, how he's how that little town gets just all around that barbecue and it's just a Oh, it's a magical place to me. That's my favorite place to go by far. It is me too. It's kind of different when you see the high school marching down the, the center at 5 o'clock with the marching band. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, the whole community getting behind it, and they come out and they do a big big buffet spread, and you pay $20, I think, or yeah. something like that. All you can eat catfish barbecue, all the sides, you know, cold beer. I think keg beer is included in that. And it's a big, big community event where they feed a lot of people yeah. and i mean the restaurants always packed solid and, and people intermingle with all the competitors like us and and hang out and want, want to see people and just the gift baskets they give you from the charcoal to the the whole pies or cookies and you know sometimes I've, we've got cases of beer 12 packs yeah. of beer bottles yeah. of liquor in the gift basket i mean it takes two people just to get the team gift basket yeah they roll out the red carpet and it just i don't know it's just it's even though it's Illinois, it still feels like I'm in the South, right? I feel like I'm home. When I go there, I feel like I'm. It's like my hometown. It's like a second hometown for me. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I tell everybody it's my my one. It's about three and a half to four hours from us here, and it's something about the fall of the year going up and crossing into Arkansas and then getting off and you cross that bridge in Illinois. Just uh, they're usually cutting corn and beans through through all yeah. the country there and. They're, you know, it comes out by the whatever river or creek it runs through there, you know, all bottom land basically before you get into Murfreesboro. And uh, it's just always a great time of year. You can roll down the windows. I crank the music up. I mean, open the sunroof. It's just yeah, yeah. always so peaceful. The weather's always good there. Even if it always. rains or sprinkles a little, it's still good weather. Always. What would you say, um, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you while traveling to a barbecue contest or at a barbecue contest? Oh, the weirdest. It wasn't really, it kind of was weird. Uh, when I first started judging, I was, uh, I was working pretty late and I had to go to Banjo BQ, which was in Augusta, Georgia. I had to be there a certain time to judge. And at the time I had a company car, Panasonic provided me with a company car and it was an Audi. Well, I had that sucker skint back about 115 going through downtown Atlanta. And guess what? The old state trooper got behind me and pulled me over. And uh, the wife wasn't with me. No, I think she was with me. She's, and she was just over on the side. She just didn't know what to do, what to say. 
He says, he said, damn, son, you're in a hurry, aren't you? I said, well, actually, I am. I said, but there's no excuse for how fast I'm driving. He said, well, I'm going to make it easy on you. I'm going to write you a ticket for running 73. He said, I ain't going to write the 115 down. You know, I told him where I was going. Hey, I'm judging a barbecue contest in Augusta. Got a late start because it was early in the morning, but I was rolling down through Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, 115 mile an hour. Boom. We've all been over. through Atlanta. Yeah, stage. and then the worst thing was even even when he knocked that off, it it didn't hurt affect my insurance. But having to go back down to Atlanta downtown and pay that bill, find a place to park, and it was a cluster. So I paid for that. That's probably one of the by far the weirdest weirdest thing. I really had no other weird weird things going at barbecue contest. So you was in an Audi. They really just pass me up when I'm pulling a barbecue trailer at a hundred. Yeah, yeah, they like, just blow the horn at me like hell. He's in a hurry. He's yeah, gotta yeah. go. Well, I guess I think at that time of year too, it was uh, Banjo BQ was always uh, like Memorial Day weekend or something. So those boys were out in force, just waiting to bust some yeah, people. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. You better be driving about officers. two or three mile an hour over and just wave at them. Actually, I think most states run about speed limit seventy. You can run nine, get by eight, eight or nine miles 10. an hour over. Yeah. You're fine, but over that is when they start writing yeah. the tickets. So well, Atlanta people. used to drop down to fifty five in the city. And, you know, they've increased it back to 65. So I was running 115 in a 55. <laughs> I'm lucky that I'm lucky I didn't go to jail. That's pretty nice. I mean, I, <laughs> he's a super nice guy. <laughs> I bet he was super yeah, nice. Super nice. I was thinking well, that, that's um, that that's crazy. Um, all right. What is um, what's your favorite food outside of barbecue? Pizza, man. I'm a pizza head. Pizza. I could eat pizza every day. I could eat two slices of pizza for dinner every day and be a happy man. I don't know. I just love pizza. Really? Yep. I love pizza. That's why I've been seriously thinking about getting a, a pizza oven. You know, you can't go wrong with a pizza oven. Oh, well, you cook all. You can do everything in a pizza oven. Well, not just pizza. That Alpha pizza oven I have, you know, I'm just now really getting into it. You know, cooking some pizzas, yeah. but the wood fired stuff. We we done a video the other day and done some. It hadn't come out yet, but we done some stuffed chicken and cheese peppers. Yeah. You know, like bell peppers. I, and the wood-fired flavor is just incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, yeah. it's and it's so simple to use and so easy. You fire it up with a little bit of kindling, and, and you push that over and throw a stick of wood on it and, and throw another stick of wood on it maybe. And yeah. in 30 minutes, that floor is 650 to 700 degrees. Radiant heat's, you know, running oh, up Oh, it's just balance. You just start throwing stuff in there now. Yes. It's, you just get your balance right and slide your cast iron in and go to town. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a different – uh, vibe of cooking and style and i really like it i wish i'd have, uh, probably paid more attention to it years ago i would say introduced but yeah man, i knew it was there but paid more attention to it i think it's just well rounding my culinary experiences yeah for sure you know, that i have uh what um what's your you know you said pizza was your your favorite food what's your favorite cocktail you gotta have one one cocktail Probably just a real good bourbon on on one one cube of ice, or either just straight neat with a splash of water, and it can be any good bourbon. I mean, I'm probably right now, I, I like Jim Beam uh, Triple Mash. It's not a bourbon, but that new Triple Mash they released last year is probably one of the best straight out of the straight out of the bottles that I like. Oh. A Weller Antique 107. I'm not all big about the 12 year stuff, but the Antique 107 I like it a lot too. Well, you never got into that bottle at the house I had the 107. I'm, I think myself and maybe another one of my buddies is the only one that's been in it. I was, I was trying to, I was drinking up them Modellos. I felt like your landscaper at one point in time. 
yesterday. Well, my flower bed needs some attention. You sure missed out on that part. Yeah. Julio, you know? Julio Bedwell don't do he don't do flowers. You know, thinking about it, what is your we we know that you work for uh, in the telecommunications business basically, mm-hmm. and you do barbecue as a hobby. What else do you do besides barbecue as a hobby? Uh, really, not a lot. I said I used to. We used to be in a bowling league. The wife and I used to. to bowl. You were in a bowling league? Bowling league. Yeah, I was a damn good bowler, too. I probably like average of two. Man, I found out more about you. Yeah, bowling league, cold beer at the bowling alley. You know, it was good times. And we had a guy that we were a teammate. We had It was mixed doubles. And one of the guys, uh, Natalie met him when she was doing occupational therapy rehab. This is no lie. The guy's, uh, he's in a wheelchair. He still had upper range of motion. He's in a wheelchair, and his cousin would push him and stop, and he would toss the ball down. I mean, this is no shit. And he 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 could roll some balls. Now he was good. So man, he's blowing me away over oh, here. I'm just saying, I was big into bowling. So did you I have like feel. a? I bowled. I bowled a few probably a couple months ago, and I'm thinking, man, I I want to get the ball out, and get me a new ball, and get it drilled, and all that good stuff. So so do you? Uh, did you have an outfit? Oh uh, no, outfit! I have my own shoes, yeah, because I ain't wearing the most shoes. stinky ass shoes. So you didn't have around. a you didn't have your own Charlie Sheen type shirt. No, no, I didn't have no big. Oh, no, you weren't stuff. that serious. You weren't that serious then. No, uh, there was guys. There was guys in the league that had the, had the patches and the logos. They looked like. Yeah, man. Can yeah, we? Yeah, that ain't me. You think that we could get in on a Heath Rouse barbecue? I'm not Jesus bowling league sponsorship with you, man. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I get back to league bowling, you could. No wonder you like pizza. Well, no, bowling alley pizza sucks. You got big hands and they smell like cabbage, too? Yeah, yeah. Like a carny, right? Yeah, that's what they got the vents for, cool them off. Man, bowling. I've never in my life yeah. bowling. I, I mean, used bowling to play fun. league softball back in the day, too. I was a big softball player. I mean, I like day. bowling. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Actually, you got me wanting to go now. I have. I love bowling. It's relaxing for me. I'm gonna it's, you against, it's you against those 10 pins. <laughs> I'm going to say it's probably been 10 years since we went. Yeah. to the local bowling alley here. We had a good time that night. Uh, several of us couples went and got some beer and, and had a really good time bowling. Yeah, but yeah. I did not know you were a bowler. That's Yeah. I'd like to go to some of the new bowling alleys. they got, like, real good bars and good bourbons and good good selection. That might be the way to go. Got you know, maybe of one of these days you could work at a bowling alley. I could see you doing that. I'd like to buy one. And the shoe guy. See. No. No, spray. Yeah. <laughs> Get cramps from the Lysol. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, you always see the old school movies, the reason I say that. Um, yeah, they, all right. they worry about COVID. They didn't worry about athletes' feet back in them days. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I got to ask. We've talked about your hobbies. We've talked about everything. We've talked about your favorite food. What would you say is one to two, maybe even three of your favorite restaurants outside of barbecue? And let's even name your favorite barbecue restaurants here. Restaurants outside of barbecue. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm a foodie. I like all kinds of restaurants. I'm just trying to think what what would be a good one. I mean, you. I mean, I, I love you know. I'm an oyster freak. I love oysters. So, Dusty's Oyster Bar, Panama City Beach, pretty damn good. They got a uh, they got a seafood oyster. It's phenomenal. It's got like Alfredo seafood Alfredo on top of the oyster. Mm, it's good seafood Alfredo oyster. It's called a seafood oyster. That place, a Peg Leg Pete's Oyster Bar in Pensacola, that's another one of my favorites. Peg Leg Pete's pretty cool. I've been there before. Um, McGuire's Irish Pub. I've always loved McGuire's. McGuire's can't beat that place. McGuire's good. Prime Rib or even, any other stuff. Even their burgers. Even their burgers are good. Uh, barbecue restaurant. 
Probably the best pork sandwich I've ever had is Peg Leg Pete's. I mean, not Peg Leg, Peg Leg Porkers. Peg Leg Porkers are a very good pork sandwich. You know, Kerry Bringle's a hell of a guy. He is a hell of a guy. His business model's cool, too, if you ever go to his, his restaurant. I'm hoping to bring Kerry in on the show here yeah. when he comes into Memphis in May. Yeah. I know we could do a video uh, show with yeah. him, but I'd really like to get him in house, you know. Yeah, uh, so, Southern and Georgia, Fox Brothers is very, very good. Uh, I don't, I've usually just go to the place outside the Braves Stadium. They have kind of a satellite restaurant there. You get the same food, more or less, but Fox Brothers is always it's hard to get in there. Uh, Southern Soul, Matt Sapps. Warren. Warren. Warren Sapp, you know, Sapp's brother, man. That, that They got it going on him and Davis Love. You know, Davis Love, the golfer, is in business with all them guys. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, Davis Love the third. I need to get over and see Warren. I mean, Matt. Uh, sells our rubs and sauces yeah. at his shop. He caters a lot with our rubs and stuff yeah. for people who didn't know. Um, Dexter Meat Market, I think, is what yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but his brother Warren, you know, I remember the first time meeting him at the pig's egg over there. And you I was looked like, at those two. They're bro- yeah, you wouldn't even think they're brothers. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I've watched Warren on the Food Network and other oh, shows, yeah. you know, on Triple D's and other stuff, and, and his food looks incredible. He oh, looks they like mix it up. Probably the best Brunswick stew I've had is at Southern Soul. And I've had really? a lot of Brunswick stew through Georgia. You know, of course, Charles and all those guys say Brunswick stew was originated up in Virginia. I don't know about all that. You got Brunswick stew in Brunswick, Georgia. Man, I'm going to tell you, stew is stew, stew no matter is stew, what way you No matter how you do it. I, I don't mean, like the lima beans in there, though. I, well, I just can't have corn in it anymore myself because yeah. of my diverticulitis. But uh, lima beans don't bother me. I mean, well, they used to do big, uh, big stews at the yeah. fire department, and they done a big uh, fundraiser every year where all the older gentlemen would get to town and use all the cast iron pots. And they always had a hot one, and they had a regular one. And I can remember if you got the hot one, you were going to get lit up, you know, with everything that was yeah, in it. A I bunch of cayenne, a bunch of hot sauce. And they didn't charge back then. It was donations. So you could come by and bring your own bowl or whatever, and people would do 5 or $10, yeah. and they'd get them some ladles of that and carry it home. And and there'd, somebody would buy a bunch of crackers from the store, and they'd sell sleeves of crackers for a dollar a piece if you didn't bring your own. Somebody would be having soft drinks. Yeah. It was just a big community-type deal. Uh, when I was a kid, that's what they used to do. And they had like a – a Christmas thing around it. It was called Christmas in the Cotton Patch. And so um, it, it was just a great time. I wish that uh, we'd done more of that, you know, yeah. nowadays. I mean, I know there's events to go to, uh, but things are not like it used to be, you know, 30 years ago. Unfortunately. Oh, no. No. Nowhere yeah. near. So what uh, What was your other? You never named your third barbecue restaurant. Where's the third one? Third barbecue restaurant. Um, Probably Valentina's in Austin, Texas. Real deal, Holyfield. It's hard breakfast to beat it. burrito, man. It's hard. Yeah, to I've beat never it. been there for lunch or dinner or anything. I've always just went breakfast time. Back when I used to work Panasonic, we, we had a one of our distributors was in uh, Austin, Texas, and I'd get up early in the morning and go over there. And the line wasn't that bad. It's not, not that early bad in the morning. morning. It's not, it's not, that, not bad. that bad. But yeah, his little salsa he puts on there, he makes up. His sauce was banging. Yeah. I mean, Miguel is. He's got a. He's got a new. Business. He's. I think he's building a new place. I saw some. Some, I've been keeping up with him on social media. looks like he's getting ready to put some, roll some new big pit in somewhere. I don't know if it's the same location or a new location. But uh, I've always wanted to get down to uh, Ernest Cervantes' place. I haven't been uh, there yet. We have. And we I've seen, definitely I've seen pictures of that. Uh, he's just he's on another level from what I'm hearing. I really hope that he gets selected as this year's James Beard winner. Oh, he's got to be. Uh, I mean, the food he's putting off and the way that everybody talks about on the Internet. and We've got both me and you have really good friends with – 
really good opinions. And, yeah. And everybody that's been there just cannot believe how good the food is. Yeah. And, I mean, but you look at Ernest, though. He's put his heart and soul into cooking his whole yeah. life. That's where it comes from. And his passion. Yeah. And he's the one standing behind the counter slicing your brisket. He's the one prepping it. He's there every day, you know, and he's yeah. providing. And, and he puts love into his food, and it shows. I mean, And just the presentation is the same. Everybody, everybody I've seen that goes there with the pictures, it's always the same. It's spot on. There's no, you know, oh, this is in the wrong. It just everything looks visually you eat with your eyes, and if you see a plate of any of his stuff, whether it's some of his spinoff of Tex-Mex, man, it's just amazing looking. I agree, and that's where Valentina's, I think, has really come to their, their A game. You've got a lot of traditional barbecue yeah. restaurants, but the way that the food sport has evolved and, you know, everything has happened and people love flavor combinations, what he's done with the Tex-Mex side of it now, you know, and now you got Ernest over here doing the Tex-Mex side of it. And yeah, he's more barbecue, but he definitely adds oh, the Tex-Mex flair to a lot of things. It's amazing. It's, I don't know, incredible dishes. The, the burrito he put up the other day yeah, yeah. was blew me away. Yeah. I mean, blew me away. Um, what would you say, I'm not, you really don't have a barbecue career because you're not in the barbecue uh, business, day-to-day yeah, operations really all really, the time. Yeah, yeah, correct. But who would you say was one of your biggest barbecue inspirations to you or mentors that, you know, you look up to? Uh, you know, I've, Tommy Houston would definitely be one. I mean, he was a very humble man. and There's not a better a man. A God-fearing man. And, you know, he, he kind of puts you in the right spot when you're with him. You know what I'm saying? He you, was just texting me a while ago. You get, this, you get this certain vibe when you're around. You cook with Tommy Houston. You know, I didn't even think I was going to cook with Tommy Houston. I was burnt out and... Walt Moton said, hey, I got a buddy of mine. You know Tommy Houston, check a pig. I said, uh, you talking about the guy on Pitmasters? I said, guy that rubbed Bagley beat? He said, yeah. He said, he's going to start cooking again. Why don't you go cook with him in Georgia? I said, I don't know if I want to do this or not. He said, well, won't you just call him? Or he, I, can, he, can he talk to you? I said, sure. So I talked to him, had a conversation with him. We had a few conversations, and I'm like, yeah, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. So... I mean, I probably cooked with him five times that year when he was coming back, and I think he finished like fourth in the country that year. He was banging. I had this sauce I kind of mixed up called a triple combo, and he used to use that stuff on brisket, on burn-ins and brisket, and he'd wire you out with brisket. Good. Tommy, uh, I've been up and stayed at his house with him and Lisa before and been to their restaurants, and he showed me everything. And Yeah. And uh, there's not any better people than yeah. Tommy and Lisa. And then there again, I – I consider you a mentor or someone as well. I mean, we've we run together now for nine years, maybe eight, nine years. Something like that. It seems like it's been 20, 25. Yeah, it does seem by longer. Now. Yeah. Uh, 2015. Yeah. You think, you think it'd be longer. Seems it longer. Yeah. It does seem a lot longer. Now that you put it in a perspective. You start looking like at that. counting the calendars, counting the years. Wow. What, um, God, you got, it's kind of hard for me to change the subject off leading off of that. You calling me one of your mentors, man. I'm not a, well, I ain't, I am not kissing up. I'm just telling you, I mean, I, we've been around and, there again, I think I brought some good ideas to your table, and when you oh, cooking, most definitely. yeah, KCBS side, most definitely, you showed me the light on. It's more on of the balance. Things. You got yeah. a balance. It's you know the balance game. It's a well, balancing act. You know, with NBN, it's all about flavor and that one yeah, punch bite. And you yeah, was like, way hey, more pop. You were like, hey, calm it back just a little KCBS, bit. KCBS. If yeah, you're on a ten, that. dial it back to about a seven, <laughs> a six yeah, and a half. Different animal. Somewhere up in there, yeah. and when I did that, you know, I'm still. Everybody's like, oh, you got to cook different when you go from NBN to KCBS. You no, got to cook just, different when you go to Georgia versus yeah. Memphis versus out in Kansas. Like, dude, I've been to 
every contest I've been at, I've run the same recipes, yeah, the same, same chicken legs. Everybody said they couldn't get a call in chicken legs. I got a call in chicken legs somewhere. Yeah. May not have been a 180. It was a lot of times. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think people just need to focus in. People are too quick to change their recipes too quick. If you will just focus in and get consistent, that is the key. You got to yeah. cook in weather elements. You know, just because it's sunny and balmy 75 today, well, it may be 90 mm. tomorrow, and that's going to affect the way you Elevation, eat. yeah. I mean, elevate going up in the mountains, you better put on Very a little bit earlier. Pressure, yeah, all that stuff. You got to know a little bit of time adjustments on a lot of that stuff. But flavor profile, we we never change it. Yeah, we but you can, hold, you can hold big meats easy. You know, oh. it's just mainly the ribs and the chicken is what you got to worry about uh, to me. You know me, I like holding ribs a little while, too. I don't care if brisket gets done two hours, three hours early, whatever. As long as you can hold it, you can that's, you can always bring it back to life. That's exactly right. Um, you know, back in the day, I always talked about QI would cook their brisket the night before. They call that hot boxing it, yeah. hot bagging it. What, yeah, what yeah. was the term back in the day? Yeah, I can't then he would re no. he would get it cold, slice it so he could get a good yeah, even yeah. slice, no ends crumble, and then he would turn around and heat it up in the ajou the next day to turn in, which is totally legal after meat's inspected. Yeah, nothing says you can't start cooking right away. Yeah, because there's teams that do. He was uh, a good cook. Yeah, and and really great. What would you say is? And this is a question I always like to ask people. What would you say is one of the most useful? Or useless, excuse me, one of the most useless items you carry around every day in your pocket or backpack or bag. Useless. Most useless items. I'd say a pen. <laughs> hardly ever use a pen. I mean, I'm typing on the keyboard all the time. I got to where I can't hardly sign my damn name now because I don't, I don't use a pen Are you much. like one of these kids now you can't sign a check Yeah, I look like kid writing when I try to write. You know, it's I see your notepad there, and it needs yeah, some help. This is like prescription level stuff here i'm prescribing something to you right now <laughs> <laughs> well and ever since i had my little, sur little surgery on my, on my knuckle you know I, I tried to start writing a little bit more that carpal tunnel finally get you yeah more or less it wasn't carpal tunnel but so be it well you know i've asked you a ton of questions you know you rolled with me for years well i just want to tell you thank you for everything you've ever done for yeah. me and my brand and you know, Mitchell's the guy that's in the background when I was trying to build my business from scratch and didn't have a lot of – I'm going to say I had supporters, but Mitchell would buy product out of his own pocket and send it to people. And so I just want to tell you thank yeah, you, yeah. man. Not a lot of friends would do that, have to get started. you got to uh, push the brand, man. That's what it's about. And and so I just want to tell you thank you from the bottom of my heart. I probably wouldn't be where I am today without you. Yeah. You're a good friend, good mentor, good buddy. And, uh, and and same with me, you're a mentor to me. I mean, you're very uh, organized. I'll say that. I'm not. I'm too scatterbrained. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I sometimes see that. You I've seen, back I've seen that the past two days. Yeah, you see me rope back <laughs> in. I mean, I have so many things going on. A lot of people don't realize that getting 500 texts a day, the emails. Too many irons in the fire will do nothing but get your ass burnt. <laughs> That's well, the way you got to look at it. You know, when I come out of that fire wheeling them irons around, they don't yeah. know what to think. I look like one of these dancers coming yeah. out of the uh, – at the circus here yeah. with damn flames and shit going everywhere and all that. So I'm not going to say it's to the chaos because, you know, they no, all know no. where them flaming stars is yeah. going. They you throw them against to. the wall and they stick in. Whatever whatever fire's the hottest is what you got to deal with at the time. Right, well, you're exactly right about that. We yeah. like keeping it hot around here. Yep. Well, look, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate everything you do. Yep, my first one, man, first podcast. I've had a lot of people try to get me on podcasts before, talk about the judging aspect. I'm like, no, nah, I won't do it. Well, you know what? Maybe next time when we jump back on, we can talk about the judging aspect and all that. I'm going to make you talk about it. How about well, that? has been. I mean, I've judged 50-plus comps, but still, I haven't judged in a while. It's a completely different game, I think, nowadays. 
I haven't even looked at this new uh, J Cup thing that we're talking about about recertifying. Well, you know, barbecue. There's too much time, man. I, plus, I, I got to the point where you, you get so full judging. You know, you, I don't I see how these judges do it. I can't do it anymore. You no, know, I've, I've no, it's too much. Ate and done. I, there's no way I could uh, judge the amount of contests I used to judge no. and cook and do. And everybody's like, "What do you do with all that food when you cook it?" Well, give it away. Majority. Give of the it time. away. Freeze it. Sell it. Give it yeah, away. I don't, we yeah. don't sell it. We give it away and give yeah. it to family and friends and. And and sometimes spectators at contests, if you catch me in the right mood, a lot of times it's already spoken for, though, yeah. unfortunately. Unless I'm way from out of town, then I give it away. I remember yeah. Murfreesboro. We unload a bunch of hog on some people down there, didn't we? Hey, uh, when you when you got that whole hog left and you're done judging, you're tired at the end of the day and it's been 100 degrees outside. And Come and Some guy it. walks by and says, man, what are y'all going to do with that hog meat? Well, it's all yours if you tear it up, but the only stipulation is you got to clean that grill rack off when you're done. Yep. Everything's got to be off of it in the garbage. Yep. And I've never seen two more happier people than those guys in that wearing house. That, yeah, wearing that grill. Also in Murfreesboro. Yeah. They got everything, including all the skin off of them, so they were going to make cracklings for that thing. Yeah, and they will. Remember that? Yeah. They even got the some good cracklings, the too. Yeah. Wow. Crazy times. Well, look, I appreciate having, yeah, having you for on, having me man. Thank you very much for everything you do. And um, I hope everybody uh, likes the show and the podcast so far. Be sure to keep tuning in. You never know what you're going to say next. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.